We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Oh, hey, everybody. Um, either we're dead and uh, we're recording this in heaven where Abraham Lincoln could stop by and be our guest at any given moment, or we still live in a reality uh, or actual real life and we're all alive. And the Indians have made two, by our standards, gigantic free agent signings. Um, <laughs> this is wild. We are the California Penal League podcast. I am Steve with me as always is Fabs and Chris. Holy cow. Uh, I'd say that we're looking at our, at a roster here, boys. This, this is starting to take some, take some shape. I know in some previous episodes, I know when we did the, uh, Lindor sort of, uh, emergency pod when he was traded, we were starting to say to ourselves, okay, our payroll's under 30 million. I don't think I want to start the season with that. Yeah. What are we going to do? And <laughs> we kept saying, we kept saying, let's wait, you know, trust the process. They've sort of earned the benefit of the doubt. Let's just see what happens. They've said they were going to use that money elsewhere. Sure enough, they have. Uh, the two major signings uh, have been re-signing second baseman Cesar Hernandez to a, what is it, one-year, $5 million deal with a second-year option for 2022. And then that was great. And we were all like, ooh, nice, shrewd. Here's the big one. We have signed in the past past few days, pending a physical. If he fails that and this deals off, I'm going to... <laughs> You'll never hear from me again. <laughs> we'll cry um, all the cries. Yes. <laughs> this, this will be our farewell episode. Yeah, this will will be the last one. Um, Eddie Rosario, uh, we signed, we plucked him away from the Twins, which is even better, to a one-year $8 million deal. So would have loved an option, but shit, we got a 29-year-old at $8 million. Yeah. So, Guys, I just want to say our positive vibes the last couple episodes. We put it out in existence and it came true. It did. So, and Chris, uh, you we were on the to... scene. You were hot on the scene uh, with when we were going over who would be a good you know, outfield option. Um, I mean, granted, our payroll is still embarrassingly low. Like, we're bottom three or four in payroll. Like, we're with the Pirates and the Orioles and stuff. It's it's still... Oh, and the World Series participant Rays. And the Rays, yes. I think the Rays so are it's... outpacing us by a good five mil. So, uh, oh, God. Until they um, trade another starter. Right. Right. But uh, definitely, definitely uh, way more exciting in hindsight. Um, and it kind of... We're, we're choosing to look at these free agency moves as part of the Lindor deal. Because they wouldn't have happened had we not traded uh, Carrasco, who we all we all love. But I'm excited he has a great opportunity with the Mets to be their second starter, moving to third once they get healthy. Um, but yeah, we wouldn't have we would have stayed at fifty million dollar payroll with his fifteen million dollar on the books. So uh, yeah, this is kind of trading essentially Carrasco for Rosario and Hernandez. Exactly, exactly, and um, definitely lengthens the lineup in an odd way. Um, sure. Some things up. It, it also raises some questions about some of the younger players and when they're going to find time. But uh, I say to be darn with that because we finally got an everyday outfielder. <laughs> Maybe we have two. I'm, I'm really hoping and, and I'm, I'm going to put this out. This is my next thing I'm putting out there. 
So, universe, please answer. Mercado goes back to his rookie form. 2020 was a mirage. He just, you know, didn't get going, and his season suffered. Uh, so, the next, my next drum beat will be Mercado getting back to everyday uh, playing time and, and being a, an, a slightly above average uh, position player by major league standards. And you know, we, we still have Daniel have Johnson two, floating out there too. And we still have Daniel Johnson and yep. uh, we'll get to him later. Uh, I don't want to get, you know, put the cart before the horse, but we might be looking at an outfield with no platoons. It's exciting oh, to think about. Son of a bitch. I, I use a hushed <laughs> voice because I don't want to, you know, throw the mojo off in the universe. How dare but, you, uh, how dare the you stain the memory of David DeLucci and Jason Michaels, you sick man. <laughs> Hey, if there is anything that I've come to to appreciate, it's a good platoon when it's firing on all cylinders. Steve, you know that I was mm-hmm. very much on board with the uh, Luplo Naquin platoon that worked out yes. actually quite nicely uh, back True. in uh, 2019. So maybe there's maybe there's some magic there with uh, Luplo and Johnson at least to start the season before. Fingers crossed, Daniel Johnson dethrones Luplo, and Luplo is our fourth outfielder. But. Well, let me throw this out at you too. All of those sort of uh, decisions are are fun to think about and and are sort of like great for us pushed into the background as like a oh who's going to fill this 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 hole here because now we've got our left fielder like there's yep. no question about it we have our left fielder the stat that I thought was very telling was there has not been an out there has not been an Indians outfielder to hit 32 home runs since Grady Sizemore in 2008. Jeez. So it has been 13 years since we had an outfielder hit 32, or capable. We just talked about him, too. We did, yes. That episode, yeah. <laughs> we're all getting crazy, because this is going to come out before the episode where we just talked about him. Oh, you no, know, I predict that we're going this. to talk about him at some point <laughs> in a future episode. Hey, yeah, stay tuned. We may off. bring him up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you, it's like you can't, undersell that point that I was looking at Eddie Rosario's splits and we'll, we'll get into him plenty here, but I was looking at his actually averages from 2017 to 2019. So those were the three seasons where he really raked for the twins and he averaged from 2017 to 2019, 28 home runs a year, 31 doubles, 88 RBIs and he hit 284 with a 317 on base percentage. Oh so, my god. I need a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is just absolute consistency. And, yeah. and if you want to oh, say Steve, if you a, want to take a step further, yes, I believe I over his career, he's at something like 45 games played at Progressive Field, something like a 350 batting average with 353, I believe. Okay. With uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 15 to 18 home runs and like 50 RBI. He's also a career. 45 games. Yeah. He's also a career 278 hitter with runners in scoring position. Yeah. So is he a guy that hits 45 homers with 110 RBIs? No. Do we need that? No. Do we need a guy that can, you can just immediately plop in the middle of the lineup and you know the consistency that you're going to get from that guy? Uh, with the opportunity because he's only 29 to potentially outperform surrounded by other solid hitters in the lineup. Yeah, we absolutely need that. 
Like that's, that's the greatest need we've ever had. <laughs> and we always need it. And we've always needed a corner outfielder since Grady Sizemore, well, he was a center fielder, but like we've always needed outfielders who can bop. We never have had them. Arguably, we haven't had any since, I mean, am I crazy Manny to and think? Albert Bell? I, yeah, honestly. Juan Gonzalez? Oh, boy. I mean, honestly, yeah. It, it, it's been decades <laughs> since we've had, and I'm not saying this guy's, he's not an MVP candidate, but under the right circumstances in this lineup, there's no reason to believe that he can't hit, especially with his career numbers at Progressive, like 30-some homers, potentially. Uh, also, the left field at Progressive is 15 feet shorter than left field at the Twin Stadium and five feet shorter in right field. So that can only help. I mean, I know he's a, a right-handed hitter, uh, but still, um, I think that's why his numbers elevate a little bit career-wise at uh, Progressive, so... I'll absolutely take this. And I'll just take the addition by subtraction for the twins. Like, like the fact that he's not going to be there to destroy us <laughs> for 19 games. Cause he really was an Indians killer. He, he just crushed us. And I do believe, I know the twins just signed Andrelton Simmons, who I liked previous to uh, the Lindor trade. If we weren't going to get something to fill that spot, but I do think the Twins are bound for a big step back in 2021. So, how can they not? They're, the average age of that starting lineup is like 38 and a half. Yeah. When I know that they were, as of this recording, uh, talking with Nelson Cruz again, and it's like, hey, you can have Nelson Cruz. I'll take 29 year old Eddie Rosario off your hands for under $10 million. I cannot, I'm like, I know that this year is going to be sort of special in the sense that. A lot of these guys are taking deals that are way below probably market value in a typical year. I mean, Jack Peterson got $7 million, which is wild. <laughs> but, and, and again, I would take Rosario over Peterson. I, I think he's, I think this is the better, better fit for this lineup. How many times have we talked about a guy who maybe hits for more average than just swinging for the fences? And this is that kind of guy. It's yeah. just a guy, it's so, it's the consistency in the lineup that they needed that we this finally is by- got. This is by no means a bargain basement signing. Uh, this is one of those shrewd moves that uh, seems like the Brewers have been making over the last three to four years that I always just wring my hands when they make that announcement because I'm like, damn it, Milwaukee got the guy I wanted again. Yep. And, it's, and it's been, you know, very team-friendly deals. And the other thing, Steve, that, as you were going on, you know, yeah, it's a one-year deal, but who's to say next year when the the free agent crop of next year pops up too, all these guys taking one-year deals, you're going to artificially, you know, flood that market again next year. Maybe Eddie comes back for another season if things go well. And, yeah. uh, and our we payroll like can't be... Progress. Some of the minor leaguers. Yeah, our, our payroll also can't be like this low next year. Like, They'll have some money. I mean, I know they're going to have some young guys who need to to pay out with arbitration and stuff. But um, I also like that it's a very targeted free agent move. It isn't like filling a need that we're like. I mean, I guess that's a need. It's a like addressing our biggest issue, outfield. Like I, I I'm so happy they're just like this guy is playing left field and Mercado is playing center. So like 
two thirds of the equation is very, it just, it's, that's done. It, it makes, it makes it so much easier going forward. Yeah. I would argue that both the movie moves, the Hernandez and, and Rosario were, were like that in the fact that they addressed needs, even, you know, even with what we got in the Lindor trade with Jimenez and, um, Ahmed Rosario. Right. Uh, that's going to be fun to try to figure out. Just saying, Rosario and context figuring clues out which one, which one we're talking, we're talking about. Um, they need two more so Rosarios. Hey, let's get one in the bullpen just for fun. Yeah, <laughs> just make it really weird. Yeah, well, also to Steve's point from like several episodes ago that I always like to think about, our starting pitching was really good last year, um, but it's it's likely to improve. Because it's our young guys getting better. It's not, it's, we're not having a possible situation with Carrasco where he's going to be 34, I think. Um, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, can he be 15 and five or like have a magic year again? I don't know. I hope so. Um, so likely you're going to get a very similar, um, performance, um, as McKenzie gets better from our, from our starting rotation. But we finished a game out of the division with, having our like unbelievably bad offensive numbers. And so our offense will not be worse than last year. It is with these additions too, it is going to greatly improve. We're going to hit for average more. We're going to hit more home runs now. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's so now you're talking about, Oh, okay. Well, granted last year was only a 60 game season. Okay, cool. Well, the white Sox, the twins are probably gonna take some steps back as we just discussed. The White Sox have not had this group together. Granted, I know they're like the clear-cut favorites for the division, but they haven't had this group together. Uh, it's a bunch of young guys for a full season, 162-game season. And their rather. pitching is un- unproven. Their pitching's unproven. Proven. I mean, their offense is going to be sick. I, I'm, I don't doubt that. But their pitching, I, I, that's a total crapshoot. Our pitching, it's not... Su- I mean, I know it's young, but we have... Three of our guys have pitched in like regular seasons, like a full season mm-hmm. before. Uh, of our of our starters, yeah, um, and a Cy Young winner, yeah, and a Cy Young winner. You know, we now um, also have that in there. But yeah, it's like I'm like super excited. I went from like so downtrodden and just trying to be optimistic, and and I think it's just the years and years of being told we're going to reinvest the money, and then they get like a bullpen arm that we've never heard of, um, or Chris has heard of, and I've never heard of before. <laughs> and it, it's like that guy cost two point eight million dollars, though. Like that's not a reinvestment of anything. Um, but this is like an actual reinvestment. Like, would I like our payroll to be 85, $90 million to get us within $10 million of the league average, which is 101? Yes, I would love it. I would love to double our payroll to be at league average. Um, but given the situation, I'll totally take this because I think we're going to compete for the wild card next year, maybe even the division. Yeah, I do still, I mean, obviously, I still worry a little bit about depth just because, I mean, God, I don't, I, Chris seems to have some power of making things happen in the universe. And I, I don't know if I do, so I don't want to get too crazy with it, but let's, I mean, God forbid Rosario gets hurt. The depth of your outfield is razor thin. So what I would love is, and this is getting into like some other points that I know we were going to get to, but um, I do think they can compete for, I think they can compete for the division with their pitching it's just that they have to stay healthy, especially on right. in the lineup, and that's why I think it would be awesome if they if they thought to themselves, "Hey, we're not done yet. We're going to go get like a Marwin Gonzalez or 
somebody who can somebody who can like fill multiple positions, play anywhere uh, on any given day, and we can like find a place for them in the lineup. A guy like that, um, who I believe he's still unsigned, would make a lot of sense here because either you're spelling a guy, or if a guy has to miss a couple weeks or something like that you're not like sitting there being like, oh my God, what are we going to do? So I love the signing. What I would love to see potentially even more than bullpen help would be, because if you look at the free agent tracker, I mean, it's February 1st as we record this. And if you look at the free agent list, there are a ton of names still out there and it's only going to get cheaper to sign some of these players. And a shitload of them are in the Indians ballpark when it comes to yeah. a contract. So I think that's what they're waiting me, for too. They like, they, they made their, they made their move and now they're like, we'll just sit back and let the market dictate. Right. Cause they'll say, cause, cause what they can do is they can say, well, the Indians are in a pretty good position right now to say, if we were done, we feel pretty good about going into our season because not only do we have the lineup that we have, we got a lot of young guys. Um, who knows what Nolan Jones does this year? If anything, who knows what Mercado does? as a bounce back campaign. Who knows what Daniel Johnson does if he, if he doesn't get the Greg Allen treatment and if he's allowed, allowed to, play. to play. Yeah. <laughs> if he can find his way into the freaking lineup, imagine what he can do. Imagine what, you know, Josh Naylor is going to do. It's, it's, there's so many variables with the young names that we've talked about for multiple episodes now that I'm, I'm a little iffy and I'm a little worried because I would love one more veteran. Like, dude, what's Ryan Braun up to? Where's he? Like, I wouldn't mind that as a right fielder, potentially. Um, There's so many veterans out there that would, like, pad that younger and younger lineup that the Indians are getting to that brings that balance to a playoff run. And I think they might be another piece of that away. But if they didn't make that move, I'm not going to go nuts about it. Because, I mean, they just, hell yeah, like, just made the two biggest signings they needed to do. And it's like, sweet. Let's go into spring training. Totally. They're in a good spot, I think. Well, and Steve, you bring up an uh, interesting point. Two things that I want to touch on is, with both those signings, this really plays into what I think the team has kind of been doing is looking for players who can hit for average, uh, putting more emphasis on those kinds of players. And the other is having that super utility guy who plays 140 games like a Marwin Gonzalez but plays, you know, 40 at third, 20 at short, 20 at second, you know, the rest out in the outfield. And there's a couple other guys like him in the league. And, you know, the good teams seem to have at least one of those guys. And I would love that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of starting to think maybe we already have that on our team. And, um, that would be Ahmed Rosario. I think they might be viewing him as one of those super utility. Totally. He's going to start the season at shortstop probably for us. But, you know, once once we've manipulated the service time of, uh, of Jimenez, he's going to be the everyday shortstop. And then Rosario can, you know, fill in in the outfield and at third base and at second base. and Wherever we need him. Yeah. Um, we, need, we need like a Ben Zobrist. A Ben Zobrist, uh, an Ian Happ type of player, somebody like that, you know. 
Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, like I said, all the good teams seem to have one of those dudes on their team. Yeah. And I mean, those guys are invaluable. A guy who can play oh, yeah. three to five positions and hit for, you know, at least average is an invaluable thing to have and to, to spell. Find me a guy who hits 250 to 260 who can get you double digit home runs and play a solid league average defense at, you know, like you said, five, six positions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree. I think we actually have that in Rosario. Like, I, I think one of the. Has he played well, outfield? I, I saw that he had bit, a little bit, but little I bit think they're going to. Yeah, left or center, and I think they might be kind of again based on you know some some reading that I've done and some just predictions. I kind of feel like maybe that's their mindset. Okay, without hmm. them like just reading the tea leaves. Really, I like it. I like that they. It is. I like that they have some. I mean, I granted, I would love more outfield depth um, in the event that there is an injury. Uh, but I like that with these young guys, it makes it super exciting because like, what if, what if Nolan Jones comes up and just like starts raking, then it's like, Oh cool. Like I was, I already had the top, the, our top five or six people in my, uh, in my lineup and like all of them hit over two fifty and had the potential to hit 20 home runs. And three of them, the middle of our lineup of Ramirez, Reyes and Rosario will probably get you 25 to 30 home runs. And that's like, like, give me that. And like, we are so stoked for that, that, that part of the lineup. I oh, just... it's, it's amazing. Like, and you got, you have guys batting before we're going to do like our lineup predict uh, predictions, but you have guys who, who are going to get on base at such a higher clip than we've been used to the last few years to just give us those opportunities. And when you're, and back to Steve's favorite thing, those, those, um, uh, 2015, 2016 Royals teams, like just getting, getting me, getting those like three, four, five runs, six mm-hmm. run games, and then letting our pitching do the rest of it. Like we have the, yep. we had a good, we have a good enough, uh, starting rotation that we just need to get guys who can, uh, who can hit for average, who can get on base. And then we have, I think we have enough guys for sure who can hit home runs and drive in those runs and who have done it in the clutch in the past on playoff teams. And obviously with Ramirez, like he's done it for us. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, if any of our young guys like show up at all, it gives you, it gives you like 13 guys that you can just play with all these lineups for any situation, which is like so exciting and fun. And it just helps you with the long ass season too, to mm-hmm. avoid injuries and just always be having a lineup. That's going to give you something. Yeah. I th- it's, I kind think of, it's kind of in like the kind of the way baseball, I, I made this analogy while we were kind of discussing this, um, you know, kind of came to me a couple of days ago. Baseball is kind of moving in that positionless direction that basketball has been in now for a few seasons where give me seven or eight guys on a basketball team that are fluid and can play a couple of different positions. Baseball's at that point now. It's probably, you know, very economic driven. It's cheaper to play, pay those guys than it is a Brace Harper who you're going to stick out in the outfield for, you know, 150 games. Totally. And, and what if he gets hurt? Like, and if he gets hurt, then you're effed. You know, yeah. you're like, okay, well, oh, well, we got this backup dude who has seen, uh, you know, 25 games over the last uh, year and a half. And uh, we don't know what he got we have there, but. Are we the 2015, hey, play, Atl- are we the 2015 Atlanta Hawks? 
where we just have like nine dudes who can just like we can rotate them in and out and like <laughs> several all star guys. You know, I would. There, there's 20 different ways that a team could be constructed worse than that. So I will take that. Totally. I, it's not sexy. It's not sexy. It's no. not going to be the New York Yankees. It's not going to be uh, the White Sox and Twins and their softball like lineups. Right. You know, one in 14 to two here and there. We're going to, we're still going to win a lot of close games, people, but it's going to be fun. Well, I'm, hey, who is the, who is the AL team that went to the World Series last year? You know, yeah, I believe it was a little little uh, organization by the name of the mm. Rays. Yeah, sure, they hail Tampa from Bay Rays, right, 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 right. Um, you know, probably the most successful, the top one, a top five most successful uh, AL team since I'd argue twenty thirteen. So, to their discredit, do they have anybody average five innings of a start? Glass now, maybe. If I was say if they did, they've traded them. <laughs> yeah, I mean well, their uh, starters do Blake not Snell go. Didn't even. Blake yeah, Snell, didn't. I don't think Blake Snell averaged five innings a start. He did not. He and, hasn't and for the like other two thing, seasons. That's the other thing with the Indians. We just got to get our starters to go five six innings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least I, on paper, right now as we speak in February, I think the bullpen's going to be awesome. Um, I'm excited and, for it. And too. The starting rota- in the starting rotation. Get us through the line. Get us through the lineup two and a half times. I never thought I would be like over to the bullpen. So excited about if you like told me two years ago the Indians payroll is going to be like fifty five million dollars in two years. I was like, oh Jesus Christ! Like I don't even want to like know what that looks like. And like I'm I'm rock hard over here, man. Like I'm <laughs> I'm like I'm super excited for like this is this is like the best use of $55 million I've ever seen for a baseball team. Like this is like super impressive that they're able to put this together uh, with as, uh, as cheap as the owner is. Um, this is like a, this is a fun team and, and it's, we have young guys too. Like it's not like, this is, this is the Cardinals model. Like this yeah. is the like stay yep. good and relevant have like always be in it. And then you're going to have those years where you make the world series run. And it's not going to be every or, year, but you're going to have them. Or you also have the years where it's like, okay, we got a window. We got some prospects. Uh, Colorado shopping their, you know, prized third baseman. And right. then you go and pull the trigger. Totally. As what, the Cardinals that, just did a couple days ago. That was amazing because that news literally broke like 10 minutes after the Rosario news. Oh, yeah. And people were like, pass and tell us, like, break this news. We don't give a shit about Rosario. And then, like, I'm like, Rosario! <laughs> yeah. Let's go! I, I stayed in my little Indians corner. was like, oh, that's awesome. Good for the Cardinals and their fans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine. I feel bad for the Rockies, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, you, I'm just going to, I'm going to bask in the, I'm going to start my bender and, and just, all the fun thoughts, you know, that'll come to me as I'm, I'm continuing that bender. This is the first season. day we were able to get him clothed for a podcast recording. So it's been, yeah. uh, it's been exciting. <laughs> but untamed. Way to really wrangle him in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then like, you know, you, you were bringing up sort of the youth aspect. The Indians just keep getting younger. It's crazy. They, I mean, Jimenez, Jimenez uh, Andres, I don't know if it's Jimenez or Jimenez, but um, Jimenez, I believe. Okay. So he's 22. Uh, uh, Ahmed Rosario has been thrown out there even as a trade prospect uh, for maybe bullpen help or whatever um, because he's sort of like one of those past 
top prospects who, you know, the luster is gone. And so it's just sort of like he's, you know, he's just sort of there. So he's been thrown around. However, he did, he has, I think his 2019 was actually pretty solid. And uh, he's 25. And Daniel Johnson's 25. And I know that he's, we keep talking about him as if he's going to do anything with the Indians, but knowing Terry Francona, we may never see him again, but he's 25. Um, we got to win the Jan Gomes trade. And right now we haven't won it yet. <laughs> That's true. Jan Gomes is a uh, world series champion. And uh, Josh Naylor is 23. So it's kind of an embarrassment of riches that the Indians currently have in their lineup in terms of young guys. Not all of them are going to pan out, but I think what the thinking is, is I I think what they'll do is in two to three years, they start to map out, okay, who are going to be the cornerstones of the team, much like they did in the previous iteration of the team with like the Kipnesses, uh, Jose, who took the most ridiculously team-friendly deal of all time. Kluber got his extension. Um, I think what they're going to do is they're going to look at some of these players, you know, Bieber and some of these other guys and say, how can we get a few extra years of time with them um, or get lucky enough to just sign them to like a really great deal for both sides. And that's when you start, when they really hit potentially contention, uh, you know, the window, that's when the, the uh, payroll will kind of balloon back up to that 75, 80 range. Um, but I'm fine with where it's at now because they have so much flexibility to make a deal like that. It's not like we went out and signed George Springer for $100 million when he's 31 years old. Again, which, and, and then they were about to sign, uh, the Blues were about to sign Michael Brantley. And I, I had a discussion with my brother. I go, look, those are good signings for a win now Blue Jays team, but you're going to mortgage the future. I, and maybe it's being an Indians fan that has gotten me in this line of thinking, but I don't want to give multiple year deals to guys that are 32. As soon as I turned 30, I understood what general soreness was. <laughs> as a 22 year old, I would laugh and make fun of those players who, oh, he can't go. He's, you know, he's played six days in a row. As a 33 year old now, I'm like, totally get it. Yeah. Okay. And and as you as we all know, we're all playing at major yeah, league we were baseball all, level. We were all playing major league baseball, you know, level. At least at that physical capacity, yeah, that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and not working an office job where I wake up with a sore back, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, those office chairs are not always they're so not comfortable. Okay? You know? yeah. we gotta we gotta talk. We've to all some got our own demons. Furniture okay? companies, so yeah. lumbar support. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 the funny thing is, after having a few days to digest it and think about it, I think I'm more excited for this lineup on paper than I've been for an Indians lineup in like two or three seasons. And I know that's like insane to think when you've had Lindor and Santana in the lineups the past few years, but there's something about this one that just feels more properly constructed as opposed to some of the uh, the older lineups that were like, what the hell are we going to do six through nine? Because it's like, cool, we have Lindor and Ramirez, but like I'm sweating out, you know, it's like Brad Miller is on the, you know, opening day freaking <laughs> <Right>. roster. <laughs> sweating out Carlos Gonzalez regaining former Hanley Ramirez, uh, you know, finding a fountain of youth. 
Well, and, or the, and Mar- the funny or Marlon Bird. Like, I mean, come oh, on, yeah, people. right. Yes, we've had some trash on opening day lineups. <laughs> and this might be the best opening it. day lineup we have. We've had in like five years. It really is. Like, and I would even say back to 16, 15, 16. I mean, there has been always that like one or two guys in the lineup where you can circle and you go, my goodness, this is just, if there's a position upgrade, like you need to be (laughs) like, yeah, like what, what, what minor leaguer can take your spot in a heartbeat? Like, please. Yeah. I, I think this lineup, like you just said, is so much less dependent on like your hopes and wishes than it is being like, this is just a good team. This is just a good lineup. It's not like a reclamation project, a bargain bin barrel, bottom of the barrel, hope to God this works out type of deal. It's which like, those are fine too. Like if you just start signing dudes to like minor league invites, you know, spring training invites and stuff. Yeah. And just seeing what happens. I wouldn't mind a couple of those too sprinkled in here before we, there's going to be plenty of those this year. Report. There are going to be plenty oh, yeah. of those guys out there. So those are fine too. It's just that I like going into this. I like going into this season knowing like every position is accounted for. There are going to be competitions at some spots, which mm-hmm. is awesome. But I'm feeling I can look at almost every position and other than maybe first base and say I feel pretty decent about this. Absolutely, first base. Freaks me out a little, but it but, could be exciting. It could be exciting, but we got get, a lot of options. You got a lot of options. We have options on options on options at first. Okay, we're not going to talk about Jake Bowers either. Real quick though, uh, 2016 most games played by position at catcher for the Indians. Tell me, tell me which lineup you would prefer, not knowing the end result of 2016. Uh, catcher is John Gomes. First base is Napoli. Second base is Kipnis. Jose Ramirez at third, Lindor at short, Rajay Davis in left field, Tyler Naquin in center, and Lonnie Chisno in right field. Oof. That 2016 with Napoli might give it the edge despite that outfield being trash. But but heading into that 16 year, did we know it was trash? That's what I'm trying to go back to. I'm trying to go back into the way back machine. I think we were in more of a spot with, well, Naquin was the rookie that year. Yeah, he was a rookie. So we, know so we, we weren't really him. sure what to expect season. with that. Yeah, he did. He had a great rookie season. Um, Chisholm Hall was fairly dependable, I think, that year. Yeah, he was reliable. And Davis, I think he didn't he like lead the AL in steals that year, I believe. Yeah. Um, I'll say for his. For his lack of many offensive categories, I think he did lead, lead the league in stolen bases. That's a pretty good lineup because it, you had a one through six that was like pretty nuts because you had Davis, Lindor, Ramirez, Napoli, um, Gomes was in there. That's pretty good. Uh, oh, and uh, Santana. So, I mean, that is a World Series offense. So, right. I think that one, I mean, and that one had a great sprinkling of like young, a young guy like Naquin coming on. It had a veteran that you needed like in Napoli. Then you had the budding superstars of Ramirez and Lindor. It's that perfect combination that usually leads to the success that they've had. I don't think the Indians are quite there yet. Although a guy, you know, a Rosario. Maybe next Ram- year. That could I mean, be next could year's be the case. Yeah. Rosario, yeah. Ramirez and, and Reyes potentially become those guys or Hernandez. 
because he's like 30. They're, I think they're on the cusp. But that's awesome to think when, like, three weeks ago, we were like, oh, my God, what the hell are we doing? Totally. Where yeah. are we? And, and, are and we it's really starting to feel grim. Like, Nolan Jones better rake in spring training. Or, <laughs> or <laughs> I was like, or oh, no. Like, we're going to put a lot of eggs in our basket on, on minor league players who didn't play in 2020. We were like, oh, Jimenez um, did pretty well in limited time with the Mets. Maybe he'll just become a superstar. <laughs> And yeah. hope that that happens. It's like from where we were a month ago to now, I can't believe we're even like comparing those lineups, everything from 20 and then 2017 had a pretty damn good lineup as well. I know for the Indians, but especially once they got Jay Bruce, but um, I don't know. This is, I, there, there's that something 2017 about, lineup was insane. I mean, it was unbelievable. They, you know, I guess you don't win 22 games without. I was going to say it's hard to win 22 win games like, with a bad lineup. But didn't they win 16 in a row or something like that? In or 12 or 15 or something crazy? In, there was a decent win streak earlier in the season too. I thought, yeah, yeah. They. I don't know if it made 16, but I thought I it, was it was maybe six, closer to like. I think in 2016 they won like. Oh, oh, it's in 16. Yeah, didn't they win like? Oh, a, they won. They like there a was a good win streak, streak there. Yeah. yeah. There's just something about Rosario that feels so legitimate assigning it, it it signals to me that this organization in front office which like we kept saying like oh they they surely know this but it's nice to finally see it on you know for real in reality right. is like they know that their time is still like now like yeah this team this front office with a move like this very clearly is not waving the white flag and saying like oh i guess we're just going to rebuild this totally. is still a move that says we can compete yeah which that's Something that I want to bring up, and I didn't even want to bring it up today, but since we're on the topic, please, folks, don't read Twitter rumors. It's my little PSA of the day. Don't read is Twitter this rumors. This the Jose Ramirez rumor? This is the Jose Ramirez going to uh, Milwaukee or Atlanta. I think or I pick any other. I, th- I panicked. Was running out. He was, I had to go get him. He was in the middle of the, the highway. Yeah. Yeah. I, Thank I, you for. That. I had to go get him because he was he was running around like a madman screaming. I was wandering on the, the 405 yeah. in like LA traffic and Steve flew out here with a mask on, uh, came and got me from a social distance and got me yep. back to my house and then flew yeah, back I on. coaxed him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take that, Gavin Newsom. He didn't quarantine for 14 days. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing in California right now, but I, I don't even know. Um, I don't even know the rules out here. But I don't know what the rules are in California. I just stay home. I'm just, in my garage. I just know it's vastly different than right. Ohio. I lock my doors. I keep my kids away from me and I f- I'm perfectly safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you don't trade a, a top three MVP candidate three of the last four years if you're just going to give up on things. And you don't make these signings in that same vein either if you're just going to give up on things. So that's that's what I've been telling, you know, friends, family, strangers that listen to me on the street corner, you know. <laughs> are you one of those guys? Are you one of Jimmy Haslam's uh, street uh, with prophecy, like, prophet, prophet, prophets. prophets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. That's a topic for a different day. Not uh, yet. Maybe someday. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how life goes. Hey, the NFL draft is in Cleveland this year, so Ooh, if I do have any uh, prophets you know, this year, <laughs> oh yeah. Hopefully, I can uh, boo. What's that? I said. Hopefully, I can boo a pick or two 
Ooh, you know, in person. That man, would be fun. yeah, that's a that's a bucket list item. That's a bucket list item. I really just want to be there for the Jets fans. Yeah. They can be Venmo me money. I, I will be a Jets fan for a day. I will be a Jets <laughs> fan for a day. They can send me like a I'm trying to think of a good nineties Jets player. I'll take a Vinny Testaverde jersey. I was gonna say a Testaverde. Here. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'll wear a Testaverde jersey for them and I will boo Chad on their Pennington? Behalf. Oh, Pennington, yeah. He played some action football. <laughs> yeah, we got a Mac star. I'm all about the action football. Oh, I love Go. Chad Pennington. He was pretty good. He was, yeah. I'm sure if I went back and looked at his stats, I'd be like, oh, never mind. Yeah, but I mean, he was I good. I seem to remember him being good. He was good. Like, yeah, you can't look at old stats. They're just good enough. Unless it's like, it was man, a different era. Just, it was. Yeah. Like, good is like, oh, he had 19 touchdowns and like 12 interceptions and threw for like 3,100 yeah. yards. Yeah, isn't that like what almost exactly Jared Goff did this year? I think so. <laughs> I mean, I think it was twenty and very close. Yeah, it I'll was look pretty it close. <laughs> um, okay, so with everything now, is the dust all kind of settling? Where do we, if you were to regrade the Lindor Carrasco trade, where are we where are we uh, landing on that? <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the stats twenty. Touchdowns, 13 interceptions, yes. 3,900 yards. So, yes, we were okay, like so he, right in yeah, that golf zone. Yeah. It's pretty close. Yeah. The golf zone. Yeah. The golf zone. Wow, he's putting up some That's Chad Pennington S numbers. Now. Yeah. yeah. We're so called, those are any, officially golf stats. Any Jets fan that has a Chad Pennington jersey lying around, send it, send it our way. We'll, we'll gladly wear it come April or May, whenever the yep. draft is. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so regrading, um, regrading the draft or regrading yeah, the trade, regrading yes. the draft trade. Um, okay, so my grade, I regrade. I don't even think I give an original grade. I, I might have. I was just so angry during that podcast. Um, I, <laughs> well, I, 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 I kind of blacked out and woke up three days later. Um, <laughs> I would now address it as a B plus because I think it it did a good job of addressing both short term and long term needs. Uh, it filled areas of needs. It replaced. Uh, it replaced Lindor with a young guy who, who could be a, a future star, uh, but also immediately replaced him with a guy who can be a good utility infielder for us and possibly outfielder. Who knows? I have some crazy lineup options. Um, and I like that it keeps us now, like you guys both just said, it uh, keeps us competitive for the short term and the long term. And uh, it indicates that, management does in fact know how good our pitching rotation is and that we should still be trying to make the postseason because you get in anything crazy can happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you in that grade B plus maybe a minus. Um, that's kind of dependent upon, uh, you know, what Lindor and cookie do, I guess, because much like the Kluber trade, um, oh God! Also, that there was news. There was developing news on that today as well, which Ooh, yeah, I'll, I'll quickly right. highlight. Um, looks like the Indians won that deal, and it took a good year to figure that out. Um, the uh, the funny angle today was that Delano Shields resigned with the Rangers on a minor league deal. So oh, uh, I, the the payout was last year. Corey Kluber pitched one inning. Delano DeShields provide a, provided the Indians with a zero war, and <laughs> Emmanuel Classe was suspended for all 60 games. So really kind of no one won that, but we still come out holding uh, Classe for the bullpen for the next couple of years. Right. I think That's he has right. 20 um, games on his suspension still. But. No, I believe I believe that was Wade. Oh, was it Wade? It, it oh, be, nice. 
Okay. I could be wrong, but I believed once the season got cut down to 60 games, that okay. Major League Baseball was just like, eh, okay, whatever. We're going to let this one go. I so, But I could be wrong. And we didn't um, have to pay Kluber. So. And we didn't have to play Kluber, yeah. So I would I, give yeah, it you know, that, uh, that, that grade of a B-plus, maybe an A-minus. Um, you know, Carrasco, we were all disappointed to see him go, but, you know, the fact remains he is 33, 34, um, you know, a lot of players start to start to, you know, lose it at that age. It was inevitable that Lindor was going to be traded. So we had to get something. And like you just said, Fabs, it addresses a couple, you know, prospects down the road and some immediate needs. You know, I, the way I look at it is we took Lindor and we basically got, for the price of one player, three everyday position players in Rosario, Rosario, and Hernandez. The law firm of Rosario Rosario Hernandez. <laughs> uh, you were correct, though. Uh, just real quick, costs is uh, it was reduced to 60 games uh, okay. to, to cover this. He's, so he'll be available. He's been reinstated, so he's available for this year. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I think... If you were to, I I wasn't even like really like even including Hernandez as part of sort of the return of all this. I just felt like he was, I felt like that was a possibility even before any of this because I know that they had like wanted him back. So I I always kind of like felt that that one was like something in a different realm. However, if you were to take the return that they got in rosario jimenez and two prospects from the mets and then added eddie rosario to it the only thing that really i think when we did our episode that really kind of like got us fired up was what this doesn't address the outfield at all what the hell's going on here totally and we were and i remember us saying you know let's just see where this plays out by spring training we might be singing a different tune sure enough here we are if you would include eddie rosario to those four players in that package against lindor and a 34-year-old Carlos Carrasco, yeah, that's pretty damn good. That That's a return that I'm pretty freaking happy with because you have a 25-year-old in, in Ahmed Rosario, 22-year-old in Jimenez, and then you've got a 29-year-old uh, who immediately, I think, becomes your cleanup hitter and plays the outfield, which was always your biggest need. And... I just don't know how, and and I do I do get the sense that a lot of fans are seeing seeing it for what it is, which is a you know a real shrewd move. Like I think the team is getting credit for it. It's just always funny how nobody ever gives the Indians the benefit of the doubt. And I know sometimes it is sometimes it is easy to get in get like lost in that, and like you know it's hard to see through like the clouds sometimes to be like, oh, this was like it's I know it's not Marcelo Zuna who, you know, probably still going to go sign like a $100 million deal. Or um, it wasn't George Springer who signed a $100 million deal, even though he's 31. It's it's one of those ones where it, the name doesn't like pop when you look at it for the first time, if you're not like a, you know, huge baseball fan, maybe. But I can guarantee you by the summer, you're going to know Eddie Rosario and you're going to love the dude. And that's what the Indians have become really good at is finding guys like that to fill these holes in the roster. You don't need a guy at $150 million or $200 million, these deals. Like you don't need those types of players. 
plenty of teams have proven that you can be successful without that. There are many different ways to win in baseball. And the Indians are continuously finding a way to do it with like a lower payroll. But I think they're well positioned to be back at a higher, like I said earlier, higher payroll in like three to five years. And so I, I feel real good about where they're at now. And I'm getting really excited for where they're going to be like for the next five years, as long as like this pretty highly touted system of prospects they have coming up. Some of some to most of them pan out, but they continue. But as long as they continue to make these sort of like shrewd moves and continue to develop the pitching that they have and just keep chugging along as like the most successful American League team, this is great. I mean, I, I don't know how you can't be excited now. I mean, I, or 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 view the. It almost like feels it's like I don't even think about Lindor. It's crazy. It's like I know when we talked about him in our first episode when he got traded, we were like, we were already kind of on that train of like, yeah, it had to happen and we don't really, we're not upset about it. But I'm a little shocked personally that I like don't even consider, I I just don't even think about him on another team right now. It's like when players like Victor Martinez were traded, it hurt more because it felt like a little more of like a shock to the system. Right. It felt like it didn't need to happen. Right. And he was like still in his prime and at a pretty affordable deal. And it, and it felt like the Indians could maybe still contend. And it just felt wrong that they were also trading him. It didn't help that he destroyed us also every time he faced us, too. Annihilated the Indians. Which is like also the nice thing about years. Lindor going to the National League. We yes. might see him once every three three times. Years. Yeah. yeah. So I love that. I, it's just, there's just something about maybe his the place in his career or what he, or, or how his last few years kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. But like, he is so far out of my mind now. It's kind of incredible that, and I don't know what that says either about me or him, but it says you have no soul and you're cold. That's cool too. That's fine. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I, his last couple of seasons have been, have been a bit of a bummer. You know, there has been some disappointment there. So, I'm ready for the fresh start. That's what I'm really getting exactly. at. Is like, Same. I'm ready Same. for the fresh start. Let's let's see where this... Because we've said it before. Whatever they were doing before for the last three seasons, it wasn't, wasn't working. working from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. Let's get crazy and let's switch. Let's change it up. Let's get younger. Bring in some vets and Hernandez and Rosario. And let's roll, baby. I'm in. I'm pumped. 104 wins. Let's go. So that's my question to you guys. Um, real, just super quick. Uh, what do you think our, our record is next season? And do you think we make the playoffs? Mm. I do think we can make the... I, I do think we make the playoffs. I think this pitching staff's too good not to. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we win the division. That is... It's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. The White Sox are pretty damn good. Yeah. And the Twins are still good. So, I don't know. But... We should be duking it out for the wild card. There's just no reason with this pitching staff and what appears to be a pretty serviceable lineup why we can't do it. And we've proven it like time and time again. I think that we, uh, I think like really optimistically, we might be like a 90 win team, like maybe capping out at like 91 wins. Which may be good enough for a wild card. Um, Depends on how many wild card there are. 
Oh, we still don't know. Do we? This year too. We, still we don't know. know. Yeah, we don't know anything yet. We don't National know. National League doesn't know if there's going to be a DH there. I mean, oh, there's dude. there's a lot to get figured out. We don't know. Which is actually day. super hilarious. Like it's crazy. That they, it's so nuts that they don't know that yet because that would absolutely affect who you would sign yes. in some cases. Hundred percent. So like, wh- how have they not figured that out? Baseball is so stupid. It's crazy. I know we're going to do a future episode on how to fix baseball. Here's a rule, real quick. Um, figure out the rules of your game before you start yeah. a season. <laughs> yes. So, By the time free agency hits, your your uh, start dates and the number of oh. positions and uh, the way the the schedule is going to be set up should be um, set in stone. Oh and I get it. There's a lot of uncertainties. There's some states, uh, you know, as we just alluded to, you know, jokingly, but in all seriousness. The situation in California is vastly different than it is here in Ohio. It just and is. I don't think to, are the Blue Jays not and playing I don't in Toronto? Think, and Canada's still not open. So they're not playing the Blue in Jays, Toronto. The Blue Jays are going to play in Tampa Bay with the Raptors or yep. something. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe in Buffalo. Well, they can't play in Buffalo because the Bison, fingers crossed, we get a minor league season this year, too. Right. So Buffalo's pretty I, much off the table. They've talked about playing in uh, Florida at their spring training facility. Yes. Yeah. I think I've seen Florida and there was another city. The spring training site was was one of them, though. I mean, that makes the most the, sense. The other one. All uh, right. So. Oh, so my years. Okay. I was like right there with you. Uh, mine was 87 to 92 wins, assuming our pitching rotation stays healthy. And I think we can compete for a wild card. It will be tough this year, though, because. Presumably, Toronto's going to be pretty good. Mm, I I worry about their pitching. Yeah, their pitching is not great. Yeah. So they could fall off, of, especially if it's like any season that's of length. Um, mm-hmm. The Yankees uh, will be right They'll there. Be there. Uh, Although, I worry about their they're, pitching, they're too. Relying, yeah, they're, they're relying on pitchers coming back from Tommy John surgery that's left true. and right. And, that's true. Uh, you know, Kluber's topping out Kluber. at like 88 miles an hour. Yeah, we love Kluber here, but he pitched an inning last year. The Rays will be interesting. Yeah. I don't know anything about the Red Sox. I don't know if it's it's that oh, they will like be dog crap. Three be, every three year Red Sox shitty. where they're like suddenly good for a year, they win a World right. Series yes. and then they're just like terrible again. Right. Um, yeah, and then the A's. I'm calling it now. The Rays are winning that division. Rays. Okay. I like Whoa. it. They're doing, like they're it. doing it again, baby. They're like running back without without two thirds or two fifths of their starting lineup from uh, pitching rotation. I should say. It's it's happening, baby. I'm telling you. Wow. Yeah. It would be interesting to see over 162 games or 144 or whatever it ends up being. Uh more than well, 60 games. Players Association just just right before we started this uh recording denied or said, you know, F off on the one fifty-four. They they screw screw that. We're playing a full season. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they want their money. They want their money, even though the owners were gonna pay them their full salary at a 154 season. Um, hmm. which that also kind of you know affects my my thinking for a prediction, but I'm right with, right with you guys. I think 86 to 90 wins is very doable, I, and that's even I think with the pitching staff maybe taking a slight step backwards, just okay. because um, yeah, I think some of these young guys might hit some bumps in the road, and there might be you know a stretch of two or three starts where McKenzie might not just you know have it. Right. Um, I'm a little uh, I'm a little nervous about it, like. McKenzie, McKenzie, and maybe Savali. It's it, there are some. There I'm are nervous about Savali. Question marks a little bit, yeah, for sure. But we have uh, depth there, right? Yes. So 
Yeah, I think I think yeah. If, if like it all goes great, maybe ninety one wins. Yeah, a, a yeah. still decent season. I'd still be. I mean, look, I'd still be happy with eighty five wins this year. Like, if yeah. in a year in which you traded Lindor, you still rattle you you still rattled off eighty five wins, and like let's say you don't even make the playoffs, but like maybe you have a good stretch run or something like that. I'm still looking forward to the next season and being like, hey. This is pretty solid. Like totally, especially if some young you know, guys pop this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even, there's there's a better. lot to be excited for, for sure. There, there's about a there's about a dozen guys in the minors that I think should be able to contribute at some point in the season, easily. And if half of them really truly contribute, oof, we've done something right. Yep. Yeah. That's why, I, man. Yeah, that's why I know you had talked about kind of like uh, us only having about. Uh, maybe five million more or so to spend with the payroll. That's why I that's would just love... a prediction. That's just a prediction, kind of sure. again. You know what Hoynesy put out there that they've tapped out. I think they still got a little bit of room to maybe get a relief pitcher or a. See, I would let that's Mitch why I would Moreland's love to sign... name kind of keeps popping up, like from yeah. different you know radio hosts, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he signed Mitch Moreland to a one-year, three million dollar deal to play solid defense." At oh first. my god, dude. I would love that. Um, that's what I would rather do than a relief pitcher because uh, I think I really think there are going to be guys that come up from the minors that you can just it, it'll be a young bullpen, but like a lot of flamethrowers, a lot of young hungry guys. Yep. Um, Not to mention a couple starters I, I are going to be put there. back there who could go two innings, three innings if they need be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would take my chances with that. Okay, so let's do real quick then uh, to wrap it. Well, actually, we also have a new segment that we are going to roll out here. So we'll do real quick our lineup predictions. So with the pieces that we currently have in place, uh, where do you guys see the lineup uh, being, how it's being constructed? Well, you kind of threw a monkey wrench into mine. Um, Not a big one, but had me rethinking some things. I'll just kind of rip through mine quickly. Initially, I did like we right before we went on. I did say I had Eddie Rosario batting fifth, and I'm going to scratch that. Uh, you've shown me the errors of my thinking <laughs> and ways, <laughs> and show me the light. And yes. with that being said, I'm looking at a lineup that goes something kind of like Hernandez at second base, Ahmed Rosario at short, Jose at third, Eddie Rosario on left, Reyes DHing. Luplo in a platoon situation in right with hopefully our favorite minor league prospect, Daniel Johnson. I think Naylor is going to get the job at first Mm. and split that with Bobby Bradley. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then rounding out with Perez catching and Mercado in center. Okay. I can get down with that. I'm I'm officially off the Jake Bowers bandwagon, even though I think right now he probably is probably the best defensive first baseman we have. But we're officially off the Jake Bowers bandwagon, and we've we've let the Bradley Zimmer bandwagon careen off a cliff. <laughs> that one. If there gone. was a if there was a Bradley Zimmer bandwagon, I completely just chose to ignore it. Well, I'm sure <laughs> I am positive. I'm sure it, there were some. There were some. No, well, I'm, yeah. I'm positive in spring training. We're going to hear about his restructured swing, and <laughs> it's going to be some brand new approach that he has at the plate. And like the dude seems like a really nice guy, and I don't want to like 
disparage him, but but no, by by the third week of the season, that swing's going to get real long, and then he'll it's going to get real long, and then he's going to be out there uh, as a defensive replacement late in the game, and he's going to do something crazy. He's going to make an amazing catch, but he's going to just throw his body around recklessly. He's going to tweak something, and then we're not going to we're going to forget about him for two weeks. And then he's going to get two demoted. weeks. And no, like we're, not gonna, we're not going to hear about him for two weeks. And then we'll find out he's demoted because we're like, oh, what happened to him? And like, he'll be in like double A ball. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh. Not again. See, I was thinking like two <laughs> months and then he just pops back up in like Akron. Oh, that's more likely actually. Yeah. It's, it's 240 the rest of the yeah, way. The, we'll only, the only thing we'll hear from like May on will be whatever rehab like setbacks he had. It'll be like, <laughs> it'll be like, you know, June. And it'll be like, Hey, remember Bradley Zimmer? What's his progress? None. And then <laughs> yeah, he was it. supposed to, he was supposed to come back on May 15th, but uh, suffered another delay. You're right. Exactly. But unfortunately, that's the way his career has been going. Yeah. It sucks. But I mean, it's very obvious. The Indians are like, yeah, man, um, we can't be waiting for you. Totally. So I believe he only has one more option left too. Okay. Has, and, and Bowers has none, so I I foresee those guys getting a shake, but we'll see. Yeah, we yeah, we shall see. Um, okay, Fabs, what do you got? Um, I have Hernandez at second, um, Rosario slash Jimenez short, uh, batting third, Ramirez at third. I have Reyes at fourth, DH, uh, Rosario left field, um, and then I have a six is Bradley or Naylor at first. Uh, Daniel Johnson at right, Mercado center, and then Perez at catcher. Okay. I've got the way that I currently have this constructed is I think Jimenez, this may be wild, but, and it could be Rosario, but I think Jimenez could break the roster out of spring training, even though he's, everything's telling me to not think that, but from, you know, typical Indians experience, but Let's just say he he breaks camp uh, with the uh, with the team. So Jimenez at short, uh, leading off. Cesar Hernandez uh, at second, obviously batting second. Ramirez uh, batting third. Eddie Rosario at cleanup because he has spent the majority of his career most at bats hitting fourth. Uh, he's now he does have a better, he has far less at bats batting third, and he has some better numbers there. But he's batted cleanup like he's had like 835 career at bats hitting cleanup he's had 50 home runs 154 rbis bat he averaged 271 um in that spot which like usually when you're hitting cleanup you know you're you're gonna put up some numbers so he's got a lot of comfort there that's i think for a guy who's going to be arguably our best hitter well ramirez is our best hitter but arguably our best Power bat, maybe? I mean, hmm. possibly. Who knows with Reyes? We're not, I'm not quite yeah. sure. It, it could be a nice little race there. But I think just like our most solidified hitter and most like polished, maybe. I would put Rosario. Um, it's probably him and Ramirez. So whatever. Them being 3-4 is awesome. So it's uh, I'm going Rosario 4. It's an embarrassment of riches these days. Uh, and then um, Reyes at uh, batting 5th because there's going to be a lot of dudes on base for him. And I think, I think what I like about him at fifth is that there will be so many guys 
potentially the base paths will be crowded and he's more of an average guy, which is kind of wild to say, you know, being who he is, I, I feel more confident with him like being the caboose of that sort of train there. I think more often than not, if he comes up to the plate, you've got Hernandez, Ramirez, and and Rosario. Someone might be on base. And I like Reyes in that situation because he's shown that he'll take a single or he'll uh, do whatever he needs to do. And he's got a lot of bops. So um, I like Reyes fifth. Uh, I've got Naylor actually is right, the right fielder, a right fielder um, batting sixth. Uh, I think, I, I don't feel great about this one either, but Bobby Bradley possibly being our first baseman, I think they might give him a chance because I think they're in a better position now to be like, let's just see what this guy can do because at, at some point they're going to need to, and this is the chance to do it. I think he opens camp as the first baseman, and this is like his shot to prove that he's can hit, uh, you know, a curveball here. Um, and not strike out 250 times in a season. <laughs> so Bradley, uh, I think is in a safe spot at seven Perez. I have at eight to break up, uh, the younger guys. And then Merc- uh, uh, some option of Mercado and Johnson at nine, uh, rounding it out. So a few things that could change here and there, but I think like best of all, the middle of your order, your two through five is pretty well established. Maybe even your two through six, because I do think Naylor is a pretty damn good sixth. Um, or or even if it was Bradley, I don't love him at six, but I feel I feel pretty, pretty good about like the two through five, possibly the two through six. So again, three weeks ago, I wouldn't have said I would not have been saying that, but it's pretty wild that we're in this spot now. So that's cool. And then we'll see what happens. Because all still... obviously subject to change. Because as we said three weeks ago, we were in a very different spot. Who knows where we're going to be in another three weeks? Yes, I know. Yeah, there could be like a Mitch Moreland esque signing. Um, I could totally or, see that. You know, or they make it very clear that Jimenez is starting the year in AAA. Which is, could also very easily happen, um, and and Ahmed Rosario is our leadoff hitter. Maybe who knows? We'll see. Or uh, he's traded uh, to say the Reds and the Reds because I, you know, Ahmed Rosario is only twenty five, and I think you, could, I think you could get not just a reliever, but I know you had thrown out that Jonathan India. I don't know if if a team is desperate. That would be a haul. That would be I mean, a that would huge be haul. It would be insane. Um, I don't know if he's warranting that, but yeah, I mean, but but Rosario was a top ten yeah. prospect not that long ago, and like yeah. you said, you know, he's some people have speculated that there was something maybe going on with uh, management in New York. Uh, maybe he butted heads with some people. Um, you know, you don't know, and hopefully Rosario just needs that change change of scenery and. Yep you know, starts living up to that, those expectations that, you know, he had as a minor leaguer and get a really good, what, 2019 yeah, season? Yeah, 2019 season was super good, super like solid. 270 with like 15 home runs. 70 RBIs, yeah, yeah super solid. Yeah. How many stolen bases? He had like 20 stolen bases too. Yeah, about that, yeah. Somewhere in that. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that. Oh my God. Gladly. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. As like the I mean, throw-in. <laughs> for the yeah. Lindor deal. Sure. Um, okay. So 
we're going to we're going to institute a fun segment uh because we always do this off recording uh and we figured let's let's rope everybody else into the fun we're going to start doing our random indian of the week so i i can't remember what how we established the ground rules for this but basically if i remember right chris you're going to give some hints about this player and we're going to try and guess who this random indian is right yeah yeah three hints okay and uh so this week i'll present and then okay. you guys guess. Uh, okay. And then, you know, the idea is that we're going to rotate this every week and it'll just be kind of a fun little trip down memory lane. Bring up some weird random players. Okay. Yeah, so re- these weird random players from Indians days gone by okay. with uh, weird random factoids of their playing career. Okay. Perfect. All right. Let's do this. So, so with that out of the way, um, I'm going to start with this. This player spent, uh, he appeared in 43 total games with the Indians. 39 (laughs) regular season and four playoff games. Oh, okay. He was involved in uh, a trade coming that brought him here and then also sent him away. Uh, Carlos Bayerga and Matt Williams were a part of said trades. So that should kind of probably be a giveaway and uh last but not least he was a five-time all-star unfortunately all five of those all-star years were not in cleveland because (laughs) he played a quarter of a season for us and couldn't have made an all-star team i will take your best guesses gentlemen boy this is a tough one this is tough um Shit, I'm trying to like figure um, out guys from back then. <laughs> the games is throwing me. Like I'm trying it to threw me. I I truth be told, I when I saw it, I was like, huh. I remembered him appearing in more games. Right. And I'm trying to figure out 43 games. 43 total games. Like I said, including 39 four regular season and games. four playoff games. Yeah. So Bayerga was traded. When was it when he was traded from the Indians? I, or that that would give it away. Okay. Yeah, that might give it away a little bit much. Because like I I I don't even think I can give you an educated guess for like when we acquired Bayerga. He was traded ninety six or ninety seven. Ninety had to be ninety six because he wasn't on the ninety seven team. Oh God. Uh Christ. So this dude would have been <laughs> this dude would have been then on the 96 Indians team that was in the postseason. Okay. In theory. <laughs> in theory, if I see the right I see the here. wheels spinning. I see Shit. the wheels spinning. Oh, it sucks. Because I'm trying to just trying think, to think of, of like the, the most random dude on the 1996 roster. God damn it. Because every person that's like coming to mind played way more than 43 games for the Indians. I'm trying to think of like one and Duns who were only here for like a season, but they were all here for like the first half of the season or for the full year. It wasn't it wasn't at the All Star break, which would this would have been presumably part of that. Well, after the All Star break, yeah, it would been after, only, sorry, not yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. trade deadline, yeah, yeah, trade deadline, yeah, trade deadline, yep. Oh, son of a bitch, um, five time All Star. Mm. 
I, I can't. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I would. I would have yeah, to. I, I, I have to cheat every name that I have, I'm like, there's no way this is it. Um, throw, throw out a name. Throw out a name. Random said player from '96. Marquise Grissom wasn't on that, that team, was he? I was going to throw out Marquise Grissom, but I'm pretty sure he was on that entire '97 team. I'll, I'll just throw that out. I'll just throw that out. That's what I was going to throw out. Grissom? Yeah. You guys are going, both going with Grissom? It, I yeah. mean, there's no way that that's the case because I don't think he would have been involved. <laughs> I know in he was there trades. Yeah, I'm just trying to pick up like, somebody in no that way. I know so, that's not the case. So I thought my giveaway was going to be that he was involved in a trade that also included Matt Williams. That was my fear that that was the giveaway. Okay. It was Jeff Kent. <laughs> oh, that's Jeff right. Kent was acquired by trade a package that involved Carlos Bayerga leaving the Indians. Uh, and then he was later traded to San Francisco that saw Matt Williams mm. come back in return. The other fun and uh part of that, those two trades, Jose Vizcaino was also a part of both deals. That's crazy. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, a little bit of information on Jeff Kent. Uh, he would actually make for a fantastic what if Jeff Kent just played two and a half seasons with the Indians because right? looking at his 97 and 98 numbers, I know he averaged 30 home runs, 124 RBI, uh, 38 doubles, and batted 272. So presumably you would have had him for the 97 and 98 season, and then you still could have gotten Robbie Alomar in 99. Um, Why did we Jeff trade Kent, Jeff Kent? What What did we um, trade him? What was in the, his deal? We traded we Jeff Kent for, for Matt Williams and a player to be named later, along with Julian okay. Tavares and Jose Vizcaino and a player to be named later. So, I mean, we did get Matt Williams, and then Matt Williams allowed to Travis Fryman, who was here for five or six years. Mm. You know, there is that kind of tree there. Oh, you're talking about a what if too, because he would have played. But, yeah, he would have played second base, right? Yeah, he would have played second base so for maybe, us in '97 and '98. Maybe, maybe Fernandez doesn't uh, miss that. He doesn't get the opportunity to miss that that ball, right? In a, but he made um, he made an All Star team, his first All Star team in '99. So I take I was just about to say he was an All Star in '97 and '98, but yeah, '99 that back. But Dear he did God, win and he MVP won the MVP in 2000. Yeah, he hit 334, yeah. 33 homers, 125 RBIs. Jesus, God. Yeah, <laughs> but even if you just look at his stats in 97 and 98, you're like, my goodness, that would have been way better than, yeah, you know what we had. Whoops, at least offensively. <laughs> so. That is our random nice. Indian of the week. I like it. Nice. Like I said, we will make this a uh, kind of a, a nice little uh, little capper nightcap to the yep. uh, to the episodes. So uh, maybe we should look into getting a sponsor for that. Some alcoholic beverage of... company. Oh yes, yes, yes. I I no. do have some thoughts. We'll uh, we'll talk shop after this. Nobody gets to know. Yeah, nobody we'll gets to know inside baseball. <laughs> yeah. We'll, for a baseball um, podcast, yeah, you know, <laughs> so we keep keep it all keep it all relevant here, you know. Um, well, good. All right, and then what we should do is, uh, Chris, since you're our our graphics maestro, we should be doing like a random Indian of the week graphic, and possibly oh, and we can all totally do that. Do a uh, I want to do like a like a master list of all the random Indians that we've that we've done, 
and have like we can a totally do that running random list of every bizarre uh, Indians um, player we can think of. Factoids too. I like yeah. yeah. So folks, folks, uh, follow us on um, Instagram at Cal Penal Pod. That's what Steve's referring to. We got some things in the works that will bring a uh, visual element to mm. this fine, fine program. Yes. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, most importantly, for the love of God, please rate us and review us and uh, tell all your friends. So that way we can uh, commiserate together when the season begins here uh, <laughs> soon enough. So happy almost spring training. And uh, we will be talking plenty of that uh, in the coming weeks uh, as we get ready for the 2021 season. So until then, we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>